0: What up with you, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox sports radio. I actually thought of something during the break and, and I don't know how busy Dan buyer is, but it, it feels like it's right up Dan Beyer's, um alley. And here, here's what I, here's what I mean. Dan likes, doesn't like, he loves talking about jerseys. Um, throwback jerseys hats as well right he's a big he he loves to my my wrong like of uh, sports not wrong at all okay nope. okay um strong jersey game tonight as uh, ohio state's going to come in and take on illinois i i love both of their uniforms the best, i love the ohio state with the script buckeyes yes the red yes
2: yes the, the red ones look better than the whites
0: yes yes this is me doing what's the what's the the rubbing of the nipples on uh, Waterboy thing. <laughs> that's how good it feels. Yes, that's how good it feels. And and Illinois, the orange Illinois is pretty strong.
2: With is it with fighting on top and a eye on the bottom of the yes. number? Yes. Yes. It just wrong. screams Kendall Gill and Marcus Liberty. Sure. Yeah. And Nick sure, they Anderson. They had blue ones.
0: They had blue ones when they had to the fly in eye as well, right? Um, but yes, the orange ones did, and they got the white ones as well. It's pretty cool stuff, but I'm I'm at their arena, okay? It's State Farm Arena. Now, is that because it's by a farm? It is. It's It's across the street from a farm.
2: Yeah, like their they're, they're egg uh, places egg are egg places. Yeah, yeah, right across the street.
0: Yeah. So the football were. stadium also is is across the other way. That's the south side is the, is the ag places. The north side is the football stadium. It's snowing outside, by the way. Uh, okay, so. But I love talking arenas, like how you love talking about uniforms. And I like talking about uniforms as well. I like talking about arenas and how to, like, fix them and tinker with them. And I got to tell you, the, what, what they've done to this one, it's one of the best remodels of those buildings that are you feel, like, really hard to fix. It feels like they fixed them. And here's what I mean. A lot of arenas built around the era that uh, this was called the Assembly Hall was built they're those roundhouses right where the idea of it i think was in theory there's no bad seats but there's also no great seats either right where they're not squared off but they've they've changed that on the floor level specifically where the the sideline stands come right down to the court they have the they have the the gucci row the students um They have their own section right around the court that's called the Orange Crush. And they've also lowered those stands so that the Orange Crush can stand the whole game and it doesn't kill the sight line of the adults who are are seated behind behind them. Very smart. They took out some of the stands as well in the kind of club level and created a true club level where you can watch the game and you can walk in. It's not your old traditional... uh, boxes they're big kind of club level boxes but big standing areas where it's almost like an open bar and you could sit there and watch the game it's they've done a really good job at this place and what's fascinating is the big 10 specifically you have a couple of schools that have had redos. i think have done great jobs ohio state and wisconsin they basically have like quasi uh basic level NBA arenas and I hate them the Bresden Center is like a smaller version of that it's it's pretty good you have the traditional one in the barn in Minnesota I don't know if you saw that on TV last night which is really really cool looking it has its limitations because with those old buildings you can't do anything to them because if you do you got to change everything get everything up to code so that's why they never fix anything in them Uh, when you go Big Ten do you like talking the arenas I haven't been in a bunch. I, I've
2: I've I really haven't. Um, obviously, the Cole Center just from my days in Wisconsin, and I've been in to a Value City Arena in Columbus, but I, I haven't been to haven't been to cover Hawkeye. Haven't been to newer old Welsh Ryan. Uh, yeah, I gosh, is the I new that
0: Welsh to- Ryan is awesome. Sure, it's my favorite one. Uh, so for people like what's Welsh Ryan? That's where Northwestern plays. They used to have. They used to be the laughing stock of the Big Ten because they had wooden bleachers. It was like a high school, like wooden bleachers that people were sitting on. And so what they did was one offseason. They just gutted the whole building. I think it's like 7,000 seats. They have that club level, which is like court level halfway up where you can walk in and there's like a, a full restaurant and bar in there. And they come out and watch the game as well. But it's in size, proximity to the court, how they did it. It's amazing. Really, really cool. Jay Stu, your favorite arena to go watch a basketball game is where?
1: Uh, the Titan Gym at uh, f- in Fullerton, California. Um, of course, I'm joking. That, that's my alma mater. I always found it funny that we still call our place a gym. Are there other basketball programs around the country that still play in a gym? Sure. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> sure. No question. Um Yes. Just like Dan, I haven't been to a lot of basketball arenas. I, I've been to the Carrier Dome several times, as most of my family is is upstate New York. Um, that's a wild place to watch a game. You know, they section off half the fo- football field. Of course, it's a dinosaur at this point. But, um, but yeah. they, cha- they
0: they they did redo that, or I know I know they redid the roof. I don't know if they redid the whole inside of it, but I know they redid the roof. the The, the Carrier Dome needed a massive, massive. Um, Remodel. I mean, it was a. I played my last college game there. It was a dump. Did you really? Was that a uh, a regional? Yeah, we lost to Florida in the Elite Eight. Yep, yep. Now they they changed the they they changed the roof there, but I don't think they've. Um, I don't think they've changed the actual building as of yet. Oh no, it is the first phase in 118 million dollar renovations. So. There's going to be a new. They're doing all the roof, the lighting, the sound system, and stuff. But I don't think they're doing the seats or or, or changing that stuff. I just
1: uh, I, did, I didn't really appreciate what Beheim did. Um, what was it like ten years ago? He named a successor who ended up going to Washington, right? And he's still there. The guy's still there. Uh, they've had a couple. Uh, what they got? They got penalized by the NCAA at least
0: once in, in the interim. But he he he's not going away anytime soon, is you're he? You talking about Mike Hopkins? Yeah, Mike Hopkins. Yeah, well, Jim Beheim's coaching his sons, and when his sons are gone, I would guess that's when he will retire. That's when he'll go, and th- that w- that would that would be my guess. Um, so I mean, guy coaches ball because he wants to coach ball. He's won really over a thousand games. They took some 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 off, but yes, they have not been the same. They have not been the same. Uh, really, in the last. Decade, they did have that Final Four run in 2016, but that was that was a bizarre one. That was not one that you could have seen coming based upon how they were actually playing. They, they since leaving for the ACC, they have not been the same program. Not close to. Their first year in the ACC, they were great, but then it has slipped and fallen. It's one of those like I I get it. The ACC is a higher level of competition traditionally in terms of the top end of college basketball with Duke and North Carolina and Louisville. Uh, Virginia, of course, a rising tide should lift all ships, but that's not the reality. The reality is they're a New York school. They had Philly and New York kids for the most part, California kids as well from their time on Big Monday. And you get away from that when you get in the ACC, which is, though popular in New York and in D.C. and in Philly, it, it's much more of a in the Carolinas. The Carolinas is where the ACC is kind of uh, headquarters, in Greensboro Coliseum, whereas the Big East was, it was about New York. And the, they did it for football, not necessarily just to help their football, but to make more money with their football. And that, I'm sure, has worked. The problem is that basketball's been hurt by it. It's not just Bayheim getting old that's led to the downfall of Syracuse Hoops. I mean, people our age, uh, I mean, I really miss
1: that Big East Conference. I missed the Big East of the late 80s, I don't think. I think was probably the pinnacle of my college basketball uh, passion.
0: Yeah. Ag- agreed. Agreed. UConn being back in the league really helps. I think most people are like, I didn't know UConn wasn't in the Big East. They weren't for a couple of years. They were in the American Athletic Co- Conference. And, you know, that was for football. And they finally got uh, – they – um they they fi- they finally got uh, uh, out of the football kind of the out of the big time football business, and now they're gonna try and rebuild it as an independent with Jamora let let's just see where that one goes. See where that one goes.
2: College um, basketball's oh, good right now by the way I, yeah. I mean for for you know Jason talking about in the peak of his time, for those that are like Jason and that have dropped out understand why for a while. But I think it's taken a turn. And I, I don't know if it was the absence of the tournament, Doug. Um, but just the amount of, like, you know, top players. Me and my buddies from back home are obviously Big Ten fans. And you talk about the talent in the conference that you're just going to see tonight with Coburn and if Liddell plays for Ohio State. But with Johnny Davis and, you know, Keegan Murray. And that's just the Big Ten. But I know the ACC isn't there. But college basketball is, is kind of – I feel like it's turned a little corner. Um, and uh, – for those that may have stepped away, like Jason, maybe they want to reengage. Uh,
0: well, here's where it's here's where it's different. Okay, you do have guys transferring like crazy. You do have some crazy old teams as well. I think, I think when it kind of and, and this is this is to your point, Dan, is I think the product is going to be better. Okay, the product has been bad for a couple years because. You know, some of the top teams have been so young and it's just not that, and you've had all this movement. I think NIL will keep a couple more of the really good college players that aren't NBA players in college. Kofi Coburn's a perfect example that he plays for Illinois, right? He's a dominant college player. He might play in the NBA, maybe, as a backup, right? Uh, uh, Oscar Shibwe from... Kentucky might be college player of the year late second round pick just because he's a like traditional old school mm-hmm. power forward. He's not a shot blocker rim protector. He just rebounds those guys. If, if they can make a couple hundred thousand to, you know, I, I, I don't think there's the money to make, give him a million dollars, but if you can make money and still keep playing and building your brand in college uh, at a level where you can dominate, Why would you leave that to go and be in the G League or to go play overseas?
2: Even to have, like, you know, last year with uh, Gonzaga, obviously Jalen Suggs turned pro and uh, Kispert uh, graduated, but Drew Timmy comes back. Then you throw Chet Holmgren on that team, Gonzaga still being Gonzaga, like, there's a little bit of familiarity that, you know, that you have with it. You know, sometimes guys still leave early a little bit, you know, but, um, you know, like, like Keegan Murray, perfect example. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, just an, a crazy, crazy talent. And I felt like at times in college basketball, that player never even made it to their next year in college because. Correct.
0: Correct. It was all about upside. Yes. Whatever. yes. I think I think I think the NBA has gotten a little smarter. I do think that that whether it's a G League Ignite or overtime elite or whatever, it's taken away a couple of kids that they didn't want to be in college anyway. Um, and I, and I think that though I hate all the transferring cause it's just, it's going to be a mess for those guys when they're done playing. I also, I also believe that it will, you know, a lot of these really good players at lower levels, they're going to take shots at a higher level. And, you know, you get a 23, 24 year old kid, like, um, what's the kid's name? Kellen Grady at, uh, at. At, at Kentucky, right? Here's a guy. He stars at Davidson. He's got one year, got an extra year left. So he goes and he takes a shot at Kentucky. He's having a dang good year, right? Like that sucks for Davidson, but for college basketball to have older players and 22, 23-year-olds at Kentucky where guys make shots and make plays and know how to play basketball, I I kind of think that's good for the sport. And I, I, I will tell you, I think most of the um, administrators have figured out smaller is better with the arenas. Auburn, obviously, they they did this a while back where they built their arena smaller. Ole Miss has opened, I think, two years ago. It's smaller. Baylor's building one that's 7,500 seats, and they just won a national championship. I think people are starting to figure out that that you want play up the crowds. The crowds have been great because they haven't been at games. The, the level of basketball is pretty good because you have older players, and we're holding on to some of the fringe professionals to get them to play as quasi-professionals in college. I I agree with you, Dan. I think the college game's in pretty good shape, even if a lot of people bailed on it last year. There's a refresh in some of these coaches as well and and ideas and philosophies. I I don't know where if it's – I think there's some tweaks they can do to make it better, but I think it's in a a decent place.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. I love doing this show. It's so much fun, especially doing it from a basketball arena, right, where I, I just ran into the Illinois coaches. I'll see uh, Chris Holtman momentarily as well. Uh, so you just kind of get a chance. To, like, the game's not for... Another four and a half hours. But uh, the, the way it works in a lot of these new arenas is the teams, they come here, they don't leave. right They, they feed them here. They get great arenas, uh, locker rooms, especially for the home teams. I don't know, it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, apparently, Tom Brady, in his first post-career move, is going to be in a movie. Brady is, is uh, going to go to Hollywood, and it's a football-themed road trip movie called 80 for Brady. This feels like a Rob Parker movie, okay? Rob Parker feels like he loves one because I don't know if you guys know this, but Rob Parker has this infatuation with the Golden Girls. He actually went on a Golden Girls cruise. This is a real story. So, th- listen. To these do you guys remember Lily Tomlin? Do I? Do I remember?
3: <laughs> or do all of us remember
0: working nine to five? Yeah, working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno. Sally Field, okay, okay. Rita Moreno, who's who's Rita Moreno? How do I know that name?
3: Uh, she was in West Side Story, the original West Side Story back in nineteen sixty, and she's been an that, actress. That's all you need to know. She was in the original West Side Story. Well, but but she's done a lot of stuff since then. So she's ninety, by the way. I yeah. just checked her age. She's ninety.
0: God bless her. Rita Moreno.
2: Yeah. I, I got the scoop on this movie, by the way, about three weeks ago. When Brady, uh, when Schefter and Darlington broke the news, I was at the uh, the old golf club hitting some uh, some golf balls, and I uh, was talking to a guy. I go, yeah, did you hear Brady's hanging him up? And a guy from a stall over goes, yeah, he goes, no, he's, uh, he's producing a movie that, that we're doing, and they're going to film it at SoFi. It's about four old ladies in their 80s, and to your point of like it's a rob parker movie i thought it was a joke like i didn't think that it was an actual movie and sure enough this is uh the guy he started naming lily tomlin and the actresses that you named and uh yeah i should have i
0: should have scooped i should have
2: made it a doug gottlieb exclusive
0: yeah that that was uh that's interesting
2: uh doesn't sound that interesting, but I just—I I heard about it three weeks ago. I just kind of wanted he, to slide it in there. He's producing it, but he's not in it. Is
0: that no? What, he's going to be in it. Oh, he's playing himself. Yeah, eighty for Brady. Eighty for Brady. Eighty for Brady. I don't know. Is that is that the script? that is that the first script that you would? Um, is that the first no. script <laughs> that, that that you would accept? You go like this is the one I want to make.
1: It's. It's the opposite, right? I mean, you kind of want to be cool and young and irreverent. and uh, he... But he
0: will be. I mean, he'll he, he's going to come across. Uh, he's I feel like he's going to do the Adam Sandler, where every movie he's going to come across as the really nice guy. It just does not seem like it's going to test his acting chops, as they're going to try and lust over him and see him play in a Super Bowl, and he gets to be Tom Brady in his first like. That that that's your first full ray in a movie is playing yourself. That's not really
3: acting. He did play himself in Ted Two. You remember that movie, Ted Two yes. with Mark Wahlberg? I did not see Ted Two. I like Ted. Yeah, but in Ted Two, uh, Tom Brady plays himself. I'd rather see Draft Day Two <laughs> than eighty <laughs> and Brady. Uh, uh, a Matt, second round.
1: Can I can I read the synopsis? <laughs> can I read the synopsis of this, Doug? Sure. Would you go see this movie? See in, a how we,
0: a world, how, in a world where <laughs> Tom Brady is still playing.
1: I mean, but just imagine a pitch meeting at, at one of the uh, studios in, in town, and somebody sits down and says, okay, how about this one? Uh, Tom Brady tells of four best friends and uh, New England Patriots fans who take a life-changing trip. To the 2017 Super Bowl to see their quarterback hero Tom Brady play and the chaos that ensues as they navigate the wilds of the biggest sporting event in the
0: country. There you go. Yeah, no, that's a no. That's a. Is that free on Netflix? (laughs) (laughs) Free. (laughs) The chaos that ensues. My mom mom might find that thing hilarious.
3: Tampa Bay would have to be the most upset at this, right? Because they he retired. From their team at a high level to go make eighty for Brady. This is what he's doing in his spare time.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're upset. I mean, <laughs> you don't think they're like, hmm? Well, I guess I mean, he's really his move. their target audience, right? How many people live in South Florida that are? <laughs>
2: Do you think they get suckered into a reverse mortgage
0: on their oh, way? Oh. <laughs> That's the chaos nothing, in nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing shady at all about a reverse mortgage, <laughs> yeah. right? Tom Selleck's it, cool with it. You should be, too. Listen. You've listen. already paid off your All bill. you got to do is sign your life, I mean, your house away to us. Already and we we'll give off. you money every month. No problem. No big deal. Is that it? That's all i got to do? Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, here's this life alert thing that when you fall down, you can't get up. We'll come help you first.
1: <laughs>
0: Reverse mortgage. And then you got uh, William Brinford talking about diabetes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Isn't it Wilford Brimley?
0: R-I-P. <laughs> R- yeah. R- R- Wilford Brimley. It is Wilford yeah. Brimley. <laughs> Wilford yes. Brimley. Diabetes. I, I, every time I ever see that commercial, I'm like, am I pronouncing it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Am I pronouncing it wrong?
1: This is the uh, most like um. It's the the title of the movie. Is what was the the last the, um, superstar sports athlete to be in the title of the movie was also catchy. Remember a uh, uh, bend it like Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty for Brady. Eighty
2: for Brady. I. I, Whee! I bet you they run out of Worthers when they get outside of Las Vegas as they're <laughs> driving. <laughs> i
0: amazing. <laughs> Are they going to get there without stopping? Depends. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. See, that,
1: that would have been better to use in that pit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, oh, man. Uh, why did it take so what? long for them to make the road trip? They had to stop every 15 minutes.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm up three times a night in the middle of the night anyway. Oh, so. no.
0: <laughs> okay, here's the question. Here's the question, right? When... You get up in the middle of the night and you got go to go, and you got to go. You have to, you have to pee, and you walk in there, and the seat's down. What do you do? Well, you lift it up. <laughs> you do, yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, what are yeah. our options
2: here? Well,
0: here is the have deal: two, you have three options. One, lift it up. Two, just have good aim. Three, sit down and go. I, pee oh, that out. Nobody's seat. watching.
2: Yeah, I Listen, I don't turn on the light because I don't want my eyes to. So it's and we have a window so it there's enough light. So I I just I need as much room as possible. So that's why I open it up. But I'm you know, pretty good with general vicinity, so
0: I do lift it up. Gotta do it. Uh, Jay Stu, you wake up in the middle of the night, you gotta take a leak. Do you lift up the toilet seat, leave it as is, and yeah, uh, work yeah. on your aim I, or do you I sit don't, out? I don't trust my aim. Oh, I'll be so honest I'll with you, a lot of times it. I'll just I'll just sit down, just so I don't have to worry about the. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Now, here's let's see how well trained you are. You've only been married for a couple years. When you you lift up the seat and you pee, you flush the toilet. You put the seat down.
2: We are lucky enough to have one of those like slow release ones. Wow. So well, no, it's it's not electronic. It just buyer. It. So all you have to do is just kind of, you know, move the. You know, the the whole seat, and then
0: it just quietly closes. Ramos strikes me as a lifts the seat up and puts the seat down manually sort of fella.
3: I do. Uh, this is all medically speaking, though, right? We're all yeah, I was speaking say- medically about these this type of stuff.
1: John's uh, finger has been right <laughs> about the dump button this entire conversation. Medically? So, what about 80 about for medically? Brady? Hey, wow. What are you
0: talking about medically? What does medically have to do? Well, that, we've, ta-
3: that- we've talked to you about this many times, Doug. Well, I there. didn't ask I didn't no, ask the know. question
0: that people want to know, which is right, if right, you break right, wind right, by right. yourself do you right. say excuse
3: me. So. That's
0: what classes. Is. <laughs> class is getting out of the shower to go pee. That's the classes. <laughs> well. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. So, how long do we have until we um how long do we have an, until we have I know if we're going to have baseball games like we have we're 20. creeping up on
2: Yes. Uh, by the 28th, they have to decide? They, they have to have a deal done by the 28th. Otherwise, Major League Baseball says that they will lose games, and players obviously won't be paid for those games that they miss. Are we close? N- uh, not by the sounds of it. They said little progress was made today. So,
0: I'm guessing over the weekend they get this thing done, right? Let's just like lock ourselves in a room and, and get it done. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Although, why haven't they done that before? Well, that that was kind of my question
2: yesterday, but I guess it's the, again, if you want to get a deal and you want to get a favorable deal, you wait until the last second to do it. And the threat of players not being paid for games that aren't played, I think is the owner's way of saying, all right, you guys want to stretch this out? Then we can do that.
0: Yeah. If you're the players, you you either agree to the deal or you make it hurt for the owners as well, and then you got to you know then then you got to stretch this thing out you can't do what the what the NFL players did a couple years ago uh this is probably you know cuz they got their new deal done what last off season whatever. so you're talking about like 10 years ago when yeah, there was the 2011 yeah i mean that year they held out just long enough to lose some preseason checks but not long enough to lose regular season checks and they got a terrible deal like if you got you got to do it you got to do it you got to have the force if you're going to walk out of the dealership you got to walk out of the dealership and you got to go home and wait for them to call you and get you a better deal. But but players so oftentimes they need that cash, they need that check. Everybody's got bills to pay, especially the middle to low end guys, and those that's the vast number of people. Major League Baseball's biggest problem is is twofold: is when do when do guys get out of those early rookie contracts and start to get paid, and then that, the fact that there's no middle class. You have the super highly paid guys, and you have guys on minimum deals, and very little in between. And I don't know how you fix that. I think they're, the union's trying to fix it, but I I, I don't know how to fix. It. I don't think that league can stand can withstand losing any games. It just doesn't. I know they need less games, but we're we're coming out of COVID, and so far every other sport that's come out of COVID seemingly has had just a an influx of new fans showing up in ballparks. That's the lifeblood of baseball. They need it to be back and 100% and everybody there. And hopefully in the spring, the vaccine mandates, and maybe the mask mandates, maybe this thing kind of starts to go away. I don't think, I, I think that all sides need to sacrifice something. I
1: Just think to- the most troubling thing about this, as a guy that I played baseball, coached it, it's, you know, it's my sport. So I I'm I'm the rarity. I'm not, most people don't. Care that much about baseball, but if I'm Major League Baseball, the players and the union, I'm like most concerned that you have these uh, big name free agents that don't aren't even attached to teams, and there just doesn't seem like a there's a big thirst for interest in it in other words not only do they have to start the season they need to get these like big names under contract and there just doesn't seem to be this like public like craving for this thing to get started outside of people like me that are just baseball nuts um that should be most troubling for them that their their kind of lack of self-awareness in that
0: whole thing they are very much not self-aware you know but again that that comes from baseball being very insular where they don't they don't want to hear that we don't talk about them on national radio we don't talk about them because it's just a it's a provincial regional sport until the playoffs or unless something goes wrong we want to talk about baseball because of huge contract deals huge trades lockouts and the world Series that's it Local, and I know all of us have worked in local radio at some level. Jason, you more recently than the rest of us, that's different. That's a different. But I would even challenge that locally. It's a tough sale to, to you know, outside of New York and Boston, talk local radio, lo, local baseball. It just is. Tough putt. Tough putt. Uh, all right. James Harden looks like he's getting ready to play. We got that. We got Tom Brady in a movie that we don't want to go see. I'm sure it's going to be clever and. And have some funnies, but I'm also guessing that Tom Brady wants to continue this image of the super nice guy. And that's the he'll play Tom Brady, the super nice guy who's nice to old ladies in the movie. 80 for Brady. 80 for Brady. By the way, uh, speaking of Brady, Brady, everybody talk about Brady potentially going to the Niners to come out of retirement. Here's Adam Schefter on Pro Football Focus' po- podcast. If you're not trading Jimmy right now, and after trading up to get Trey Lance, it's a sign to your fan base that he's not developing the right way.
3: He's developing the right way.
0: They, they, they are happy with him. He didn't play college football at all two years ago. He's coming from a small school to begin with. And there is a steep learning curve for a quarterback like that who's blessed with a lot of talent, who they still are very high on. It's not a reflection of whether they think he's going to make it. Look, people said, no, come on, they're not keeping Garoppolo. They're trading up. Well, he played. Maybe they do trade him. I'm not telling you you're wrong. It still is absolutely on the table that he could be moved. I'm just giving you the other side that I don't think it's a lock that he's going to be traded. He very well might, but it's not a lock. Mm. He's going to be traded. Does anybody not think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded? Like you, you you move (laughs) mountains to get Trey Lance. You're going to just not trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com.
1: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Let's get to the press. The press. Dan Barr, what do you got? We start out with news from
2: the National Football League. We now know where Eric Bieniemy is going to be next season. He's going to be returning to the Kansas City Chiefs, according to reports, as uh, their offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy mean, not going anywhere staying in Kansas City.
0: Well, this is a little bit lost in, uh, on some people. Last year every you know, that it seemed in the media that everyone was racist for not giving him a job. This year um Ryan Poles left Kansas City, didn't interview him and I did, I think he interviewed for one only one of the openings, but th- there was Saints, this, this, I know was yeah, that yeah. may have been the one. Um but but it's it's interesting because Here's a guy who was top of people's mind, and there was a lot of talk that his contract was up in Kansas City and he might not return, and there was some sort of rift between he and Andy Reid or he and, uh, uh, he and uh, uh, Pat Mahomes. But he's coming back, and so we'll, we'll see what that means. I mean, like, look, let's not act like these are bad jobs. You're the coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a seven-figure job. On a team with three of the best offensive players in the sport, <laughs> I, I I think keeping it for at least another year is a good thing for anybody. Roger
2: that. I think he also spoke with Denver as well. I think it, maybe it was the, the two jobs. I thought it was Denver and New Orleans because I thought he was the – because Denver interviewed like 10 guys, and I yeah. thought that like he was uh, one of the later interviews that they had. All right, two other notes from the NFL. Deshaun Watson could be the Apple – of some teams' eyes, according to profootballtalk.com, so much so that those teams would still acquire Watson... With those civil cases pending, the ProFootballTalk.com report, Doug, says that the teams that are interested in Watson, saying that there are a few of them, want the criminal investigation to be over and Watson to be cleared. And even though the civil cases still may be going on or outstanding, they'd be willing to do a deal with those things going on, something the Dolphins did not want to do. They wanted everything to be over with uh, before acquiring Watson last season.
0: Struggling. yeah, I I think um, I think a lot of people say, "Hey, we're gonna if if you get the criminal stuff, we'll take you." But again, we have to get to that place first. You, you know what I mean? Like saying the criminal stuff won't keep us away from trading for you, and actually pulling off the trade are two completely different things.
2: In this report earlier today, ESPN saying that Aaron Rodgers will notify the Packers of his future plans within the next week or so. I should point out, free agency is uh, two weeks from Wednesday, so we're under three weeks already to the start of the new year, which is would be nice if Green Bay knew what they were going to do with their quarterback by the time free agency started.
0: No question. T.J. Hushman's out of join us today. He thinks he's gone. Uh, Dana Jeremiah didn't say what he thought. He just said what he had heard is that everybody's saying he'll stay and he'll have a new deal. Um, you know, I, I've heard the same of what Dana Jeremiah is saying, but I will point out TJ was adamant that Tom Brady was leaving, and he was right. How about this from the
2: NBA, Doug? James Harden will make his 76ers debut tomorrow night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Game in the Twin Cities. Timberwolves have the Grizzlies tonight into uh, newly uh, uh, up. I don't want to say up and coming because Memphis last year was uh, was able to uh, make their way through the play in, but Timberwolves firmly in the playoff picture in the West. But tomorrow night, James Harden makes his Philly
0: debut. Uh, that'll be fun. Like, look, do I think they're going to win a championship? It's really hard to win a championship with with James Harden. It just is. It's very very difficult. I'd have to check. Do I think they'll be fun to watch, and you have two great players and and they, they those guys fit together pretty well? Absolutely. And so I'd like uh, that that i'm I'm a curious fella. I'm curious to see how that works out and how well it actually goes.
2: I will also add this. and I'm not trying to jinx and I'm not trying to be negative, and I hope this isn't in poor taste. But we talked so much during the year about Chris Paul's health and potential health with Phoenix. There is still that with Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. For as much as we love, you know, what we think that the Sixers could be, there is that conversation that I know people don't want to talk about, but you never know what can happen. If we're going to do it with Chris Paul, we should probably do it with Joel Embiid as well. I think it's completely fair. That guy breaks down more than a jalopy. Yes. Yes. Um, Moving on, Doug. Novak Djokovic lost today in the quarterfinals of the Dubai Championships. It will end his reign as the top-ranked player in the world in men's tennis. Daniil Medvedev will take over that top spot as of Monday. I want to go around the room. Do you guys know when the last time... We had the world number one uh, ranked player that wasn't Djokovic, Andy Murray, Rafael Nadal, or Roger Federer. Uh, Doug, you can uh,
0: start first. Uh, yes, I do. I, I know when that. Oh, you know was. it is. Okay. So yes. You don't want to take part? Does uh, no, no. I mean, right. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's a guess. Um, what was? Oh man, Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess on years here. Because when did Andy Murray win Wimbledon? Huh. I think he won it in like... Well, he was one of them. He's one of the four.
2: So it's, it's uh, Murray, oh, oh, Nadal, say, Federer,
0: say, and Djokovic. Yeah.
2: Okay, so one of those four?
0: Yes. Oh, man, you're going to have to go back to like 2010.
2: Okay, 2010. What, uh, what do you have, uh, John Ramos.
3: You want a year or the player? Uh, you
2: could just say year
0: or
3: player. Uh, you can say both. Okay, two thousand six. Okay, two
2: thousand six. Jason Stewart.
1: Just gonna say one minute. Andy Roddick. One minute. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay,
2: I think it is Andy Roddick, and it was February of two thousand four. Was the oh, last whoa. time that there was a world number one that wasn't one of those four. Uh, yeah, I believe Roddick was uh, the number one at that time. But that's wow. how far we have to go back. Uh, without that, that big four. And you're good call on the Murray stuff because we throw him in there, but it uh, shows you how, just how dominant the other three were. But that's how long
0: it's been. And that's yeah! Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here at Fox Sports Radio. Wow, that's a long, long time. And the truth is uh, the loss today is not what did it. It's that he didn't play in the Australian Open you that know. he would've, he would have gotten deep into. All right, I'll be on the call of Illinois against Ohio State. I do like Illinois in the number. More picks to come on social media. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show.